Hello world, welcome to Africa, let's talk. And we truly apologize for the late start of the program. Once again, this is Africa and let's talk. My name is Collins Kofi Opon. You can call me Mr. Beyond. And today we are talking about improving mental awareness and housing stability in the African community. Uh, indeed, fear, worry, and stress may be normal responses to perceived or real threats, especially when we are faced with uncertainties or the unknown. But situations with the current COVID-19, and that is the pandemic and its impact actually even makes the situation worse. Today, we are focusing on how to improve mental awareness and housing stability in the African community, especially the West and East African communities. My guest today, Tanya Young, she is a mental health professional, and Adelaide Owusu Clark, uh, she is an aspiring barrister and a mental health advocate. So, if you join the conversation, do me a favor, share for others to see the video uh, as we talk about improving mental awareness and housing stability in the African community. I would like to bring you in, Tanya, to actually tell us a bit about yourself and your work, please. Okay. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on, Mr. Beyond. It's been a great pleasure to work with you on this platform yet again. I am Tanya Young. I am a mental health professional. I am a psychotherapist. I've been in the field of mental health counseling and therapy for about 20 years now. I know how is that possible when I'm only 21. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, yes, but I have a passion for this and especially for our population because we are indeed underserved. 
and or mental health issues are not at the forefront and that doesn't negate us from mental health issues. It's just that it's something that is not talked about in our communities and thus it's my role in my life's work and passion for us to bring this conversation to the forefront. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so very much. And of course, I also have Adelaide uh, Osu Clark joining us. Adelaide, how are you doing today? I'm very well yourself. I am doing very well. And can you tell us just a bit about yourself and aspiring and aspiring barrister? Hi, so my name is Adelaide Osu Clark. I just want to thank everybody that is tuned in. Um, so I'm an aspiring barrister at the University of Law and my goal is, I'm also um, a mental health advocate and the goal is to ensure that people's mental stability is in check. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I want to be a barrister to, you know, ensure that um, there is no more um, justice miscarriages in our community and in our country, etc. So that's just all I want to say. Right. Thank you so very much. Once again, this is Africa. Let's talk. My name is Carlos Kofi. And don't forget, this program is actually supported by the Hennepin County uh, CHIP, and uh, that is Community Health Improvement uh, Program. So please, if you join us, uh, that is what we're talking about. Like I said, today we're talking about mental health awareness and uh, uh, how to improve it and again, house stability. I would like to bring you in again, uh, Tanya, to actually tell us the concept of mental health. What exactly are we talking about? when we talk about mental health. Okay, so when we talk about mental health, we're talking about the foundation. Um, we say there's no health without mental health, okay? Mm -hmm. So mental health includes our emotional, our psychological and our social well-being. Um, it affects how we think, how we feel and how we act. It also determines a lot on how we handle our stressors, okay? How we relate to others and how we make choices. So mental health basically is very important at every stage of our lives, okay? From mm -hmm. our childhood, what we encounter to what adolescence through adulthood and later years. So mental health is that foundation. So that's the, the, the fundamentals of, your, of every aspect of your life depends on your mental health. So see your mental health as that foundation upon which everything else is built upon. All right. Thank you so very much. Uh, Adelaide, when we talk about mental health, how, what does the issue of mental health mean to you uh, as a millennial? I mean, it means taking care of your mental well-being and avoiding things that trigger your mental instability. So um, when I say this, I mean, you know, you need to avoid people who trigger your anxiety or your depression. Sorry, can you see me? Yes. I think the... Yeah. You know, so you need to avoid things and people that trigger your depression and anxiety. And that's what it means to me. It's just making sure that you're at peace, you know, uh, mentally. All right. Thank you so very much. Once again, this is African Let's Talk. Today we're talking about improving mental awareness and health stability in the African community. If you join the uh, if you join the conversation, do me a favor, share the video, get your friends to see it, even whilst we delve into this very, very important topic, especially around this period of the COVID-19. I mean, we want to know how serious is the issue of mental. So Tanya, how serious actually is the issue of mental uh, concerns in our community? And and uh, to what extent should we be worried about this uh, situation? Well, it's, it's very concerning. Um, we already were behind the curve, and I'm saying behind the curve as far as dispelling mental health stigma and creating some type of awareness. And then you add on the layer of COVID-19, which has complicated mental health across all lines, 
okay, whether it be racial, um, ethnic background, country of origin, age, mental health is definitely in jeopardy right now um, amidst this pandemic. Um, the question is, how severe is it? It's very significant as when you listen to the stats on COVID-19, there's a lot of talk being brought to the forefront about our mental well-being. How is this pandemic affecting your mental health? Mm -hmm. um, anywhere from the children to us, you know, um, increased anxiety. We can go into that a little bit more because I know a lot of your further questions will be telling to what I'm um, going to touch on. But right. there's been a lot of increase of anxiety because there's an instability, right? We do. There's not a time. There's not a time length on how long the pandemic is going to last. And by us not having a clear-cut um, way of addressing these issues, it increases our level of, of anxiety. It has um, affected a lot of people financially. Mm. And this also impacts your household, right? Um, yes. When there's loss of income, uh, how does that increase your state of anxiety? How does that increase your level of depression? Um, how does that increase your level to cope effectively? So there are so many, uh, so many factors and then we're just talking about this on the surface. How about for people who are already suffering from pre-existing mental health conditions? So how is that being exacerbated by the pandemic and by the increase in our stress levels? So definitely there, there, there has been a significant um, increase in impact. I know um, recently there were lots of stats being raised about um, the increase in substance use disorder, okay? Right. So a lot of things have now gone from abuse, from using substances now to the to the um, other side of the pendulum because everything with mental health exists on the continuum. Okay, yes. so we can go from low and minimal all the way to moderate and severe. So now you have things that were probably on the moderate scale of things have now increased to severe um, with the increased um, stressors, and so that includes domestic violence, that includes substance abuse. Um, that includes our rates of suicidal ideations and our suicide rates. I mean, so we have a lot of impact um, compounding on our already existing stressors All as a right. community. All right. Thank you so very much, Tanya. And of course, uh, once again, this is Africa. Let's talk, like I mentioned earlier today, we're talking about improving mental awareness and housing stability in our communities. And I have the privilege of speaking with Tanya Young. She's a mental a health professional as well as Adelaide also Clark. She indeed is a mental health advocate. So uh, Adelaide, if I can bring you back in, we want to know what mostly causes mental uh, disorder and stress uh, in young people. Um, a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of things. And I, I believe social media plays a huge role. Um, you know, growing up, you know, you're discovering yourself in terms of friendships, relationships, you're battling, with family members who don't understand you, all these things can add up to, you know, a, a young person battling with mental health, mm. like anxiety. I remember growing up in Ghana and, um, you know, unfortunately I I was sexually assaulted and um, I had to live with a stepfather who clearly didn't understand me. And at the same time, I had to go into school and study and I was so rebellious and I would, you know, not concentrate. I was so unserious. And people don't understand my behavior because I was battling with depression. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't able to speak up on it because mm -hmm. there's a stigma whereby a lot of people don't understand that depression is a very big issue. So um, I believe that a lot of things play a role and the youth can't speak about it because, you know, they fear that their parents will 
um, sweep it under the rug or tell them that, listen, this is not important. This is not necessary. Focus on your studies. And they're just dying inside. The other day, one of my friends called me and she said, listen, I really want to commit suicide. My family members do wow. not understand me. And I'm at the verge of killing myself. So I had to encourage her and, you know, speak to her and just let her know that, listen, we love her. We need her in our society because mm -hmm. she's a great person. So a lot of things, you know, family members, you know, they, they are, they, they're the worst ones, you know, let's mm -hmm. just, especially when you're growing up as a teenager, maybe you want to have some fun or, you know, you've, you've, you know, you happen to be in a relationship with a guy or with a girl, mm -hmm. you know, you can't tell them all these things and the person is treating you badly. It's just so many things wow. that you're yeah. battling that, you know, as adults, we're not taking notes of, and we have to take note of all these things because it's affecting the academics. It's affecting their behavior. It's affecting mm -hmm many things in their life and I believe that if we're not able to help them eradicate that stigma of not opening up to us and open up to counsellors, therapists and um, psychologists mm -hmm. then it, it ends up becoming a vicious cycle. They um, spew it onto you know other members of society or onto their kids and it goes on and on and on so wow. it's very serious and I think it's about time we speak about it and it's about time that adults you know you know, um, parents enlighten themselves that, listen, if my child comes up to me regarding friendships, relationships, whatever it is, just speak to them, you know, without being judgmental in order for them to feel, you know, open enough to um, express how they feel um, so it does not result to suicide. Wow. Thank you so very much, Adelaide, for that great submission. And, and uh, Tanya, so please, I mean, listening to Adelaide and for her, uh, some of the situations that causes uh, uh, these mental health concerns among young people. Can you actually tell me uh, what are some of the other forms of mental illnesses that affect people in the community and also even like young people like Adelaide? Okay, so I mean, the, there's no, there's no clear cut on, um, it's all situationally based, mm -hmm. okay? Like I said, within our, within our community, the biggest thing to combat is, um, is stigma. And it's what Adelaide really alluded to um, when she spoke about the stigma around mental health, the lack of awareness, the lack of education mm -hmm. on what me mental health is and what it is not. And then by it being something a little bit somewhat um, of a taboo that we don't talk about in the community, so we do not explore. And therefore we do not, um, and let's be honest, you know, we are here in the diaspora and there's less than 5% mm -hmm. BIPOC, Black, Indigenous persons of colors who are mental health professionals like myself. Wow. So to find someone who's culturally competent and can see your problems socialized through your lens is even a bigger challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, um, not just because they uh, that have similar cultural uh, upbringing and background and understand the nuances of the culture and understand how hard it is to navigate in and out. It becomes it becomes a a, a lot bit difficult. But there's many factors that contribute to the development of mental health problems, okay? And I'm gonna go ahead and touch on a couple of those. So there's there some as a biological factors, okay? Mm. So um, genetic, some genetic factors, a chemical imbalance. Certain mental health illnesses do run in the family. So it's something that you may be genetically predisposed to. And we're talking mostly about your psychotic disorders, things like schizophrenia mm -hmm. and other psychotic based nature. So there are, it could be genetic, genetic, uh, genetically based 
or it could be a chemical imbalance. The chemical imbalance could be something that you're naturally born with, okay? Or it could be something that was influenced either by trauma or by substance use. So sometimes oh, wow. the, the horse comes before the cart or the cart comes before the horse, right. depending on how that situation happened. And then again, some mental health problems can develop as a result of trauma, mm-hmm. some life experiences, kind of like what Adelaide touched on, you know, some trauma, neglect, abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, you know, physical abuse, emotional abuse, severe neglect, trauma. For some of us, I can speak for myself. I'm from Liberia. You know, mm-hmm. we have had a childhood of, of, of constant upheaval, up, um, upheaval and civil unrest, mm. you know, family political pro, um, persecution, leaving at a young age. So a lot of us grew up sometimes with a lot of trauma and a lot yeah. of things that led up to um, trauma. So your life experiences itself could, could complicate and lead up to some mental illnesses. And like I said, family history of mental illnesses. Mm. So a lot of people ask, what are some early warning signs? Right. Okay. What are some triggers? What are some things that you can see that would be telling that um, this is not, <laughs> this is just not a normal headache, right? Mm-hmm. This is not just me having a bad day. This is not me just being anxious that it's my job secure. This is going on a little bit more. Now it's starting to impact me in different ways. So let me just key you into some early warning signs. Okay. Yeah. Um, so eating or sleeping a little bit too much or a little bit too little. So mm. overeating, be key to that. I remember when COVID first started, it was all on Facebook and Instagram and social media. We're all showing our expertise in the kitchen. <laughs> all the recipes were coming out, how to make the best pounded yam, how to make the best fufu, all of that. We're all showing our progress in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months later, people start complaining like, oh my goodness, maybe I need to slow down on this. I'm starting to gain a little bit more weight. The, you know, the suits are not fitting the way they used to be before. And we start to get worried, right? Uh, so, okay. But think about why, what is triggering my eating? Mm-hmm. Do I find myself overeating when I'm scared? Do I find mm-hmm. myself overeating when I'm depressed? Is food a source of comfort for me? What is that pull towards that? What is my trigger? So um, ponder that. Mm-hmm. And nextly, like I said, with the sleeping, okay? Um, yeah. We know in this country, we all have a bit of issues with sleeping because we live in a fast-paced, a fast-paced society, right? Where everything is on go, 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 and um, less is not more. Here is more is more, right? So we find ourselves mm-hmm. in a constant state of busyness. Busyness does not equal productivity. Okay, let's just um, put that disclaimer yes. out there. But we find ourselves constantly busy, f- constantly filling every hour of our time. And sleep becomes like a coveted uh, um, place to reach. Find yourself, if I'm not sleeping enough, what am I doing I'm laying up in bed? Am I worried? Am I thinking about this bill or that bill? And I'm thinking about my family members back home. Am I thinking about how I'm gonna be helping my colleagues? Think about those triggers of my, what's keeping me up at night, okay? Mm And yeah, then, Tanya, um, I, we're going to come back to the triggers. I mean, it's of okay. importance to me. And it, yeah. it's quite interesting that some of the very things that we may take for granted are all things that we need to be looking at for, especially exactly. when we are dealing with, with uh, the issue of mental health. Uh, uh, Adelaide, uh, so definitely, yeah. I know around this period of time, uh, during the mm-hmm. COVID-19, where we yeah. have to be in lockdown, quarantine, and everything about the situation. I mean, how has the situation of the COVID-19 made the issue of mental health? And how has it made it any worse for you as a millennial? 
to be honest, when this whole lockdown thing started and we had to stay indoors and we weren't allowed to socialize and meet our friends, it gave me more time to um, think about all the, all the traumatic experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. And it really got to a point in time where I was at my lowest and I wanted to commit suicide. But, wow. you know, I'm just a very open person. So I tend to speak up you know, about my problem. So I'd call a friend and I'd say, listen, I really want to die today. And, you know, they would always encourage me. So it just gave me a lot of time to reflect on all the things that I've been through. And I was just questioning myself, you know, what's going on with me? Why is it me? Why did I go through this? So it just gives you a lot. It gave me a lot of time to reflect. But I just want to, you know, speak to everybody out there who's currently going through what I've been through or, mm. you know, whatever the situation is that it gets better. And I know they hear this all the time, but it really gets better. And try to avoid things that trigger, you know, your traumatic experiences, whether it's cyberbullying, you know, slut shaming or sexual abuse, you know, finances, whatever it is. Find what, you know, do what makes you happy. And mm -hmm. one of the things that kept me alive was the vision that I have in my mind. And yeah. you know, I'm aspiring to become a barrister to help people. And that's what kept me alive. So I, the, the question that I, I asked myself was, listen, if you kill yourself today, how are you going to save all these people that need you? And mm. that's what kept me sane. So I want yeah. everyone out there who is suffering from depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, I want you to understand that we need you. We need you to tell your story. We need you to have an impact in other people's lives. So um, in as much as we all say, listen, it gets better and, you know, you get over it. The mm -hmm. truth of the matter is you never really get over it, you know, but you learn to live with it. You learn to live with it. You learn to live with it. And, you know, what you want to be in life will help you live with it. And you would have the story to tell in order to encourage other people who are going through similar situations. Similar situations. Well, wow. thank you so very much. I mean, it's of interest to me because recently, a couple of days ago, I had a young guy, uh, 19 years, because that was not a, the first time I saw uh, a picture of uh, a hanging robe somewhere and somebody was sitting looking at it and i'm like hmm so i reached out to him and again i saw a similar picture yesterday and initially he was trying to tell me oh this is just normal sometimes we're just trying to but then going deep down i said do you feel sad and he says oh no i don't feel sad i'm just like you mr beyond always happy and mm -hmm. and i said no no matter how you see me i feel sad mm -hmm. that times i break down mm -hmm. and at times i'm very worried and i want to cry and when I feel like doing that, I go ahead and cry. And he said, really? And then he says, oh, then I have been feeling this way too. So then he opened up and we talked about the situation. So listening to you and how you have dealt with, with whatever came uh, with your life in the past is of quite interest to me. So please, just to emphasize. Just, just, to, yeah, just to add to that, um, mm -hmm. I want to urge everybody to check up on their friends, especially the ones who act extremely happy all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. That was one of my facades. I'll always put on a show and I'll act like I'm super happy. I'll be cracking jokes, but I'm dying inside. So always ask them questions. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Is there yeah. something you want to discuss regarding your mental well-being? You know, I will, I'm there for you. I might not be able to be of help, but at least I can guide you in, to ensure that you're safe and you're, you know, you're not trying to commit suicide or anything speak to your friends you know a lot of us are going, we're battling with so many things we cannot mm -hmm. elaborate on because we believe we believe that listen it's probably not it's not important or nobody's going to take me seriously and we, you need to understand that even if somebody asks you to shut up and you feel a particular way about it speak to somebody about it because it's okay mm. to feel what you're feeling 
and never ever feel like you're overreacting you're not overreacting okay mm -hmm. it's an emotion that you need to feel so feel it and speak about it and address it wow thank you so very much actually for this great submission and uh, we're talking about improving mental wellness in and housing stability it is very clear that this is one topic that the african community especially the east and west african communities shy away from i i remember very well growing up in ghana it's like we only talk about it when we see the person mad and naked walking on the street then we say oh wow this is serious but as to what they go through the triggers and everything we don't normally talk about it atanya please you were talking about some of the triggers uh can you add yeah. more triggers so that we are aware and not to take this yeah. granted exactly exactly thank you so much and thank you so much adelaide uh, for being a strong advocate and being bold in the stories and you know being very candid because that is what we need we need to see people like ourselves that do go through situations so we do not sit and suffer in silence Mm -hmm. and feel like it's a middle-aged uh, uh it's a middle-aged white issue it's like it's, it's like mental illness is all of a sudden has become like uh it's a it's a issue of privilege <laughs> uh, it's not an issue of privilege it crosses across all lines you know um yeah so as we're speaking before um uh, mr beyond that there are certain you know triggers and things that can early warning signs i like to call it okay mm -hmm. um low energy you know lack of energy lack of interest in things lack of pleasure feeling numb or, or, or a lack of desire to do something, okay? Mm -hmm. um, having unexplained aches and pains. We do this a lot in our community. Yeah. Oh, my head is just aching. My stomach mm -hmm. is aching. You know, oh, I have such a nervous stomach. Oh, my mm -hmm. belly is so weak. You know, it's that nerves. When the nerves get uh, gets us and we are so anxious and we can't keep anything down, we start to feel queasy. We start to, we internalize these symptoms physically. They call them somatic symptoms. We start to feel them within our bodies, okay? Um, feeling hopeless or helpless. Mm. Adelaide alluded to that, where, you know, there's no, I feel no hope. I feel there's no point in going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel this life may be better without me here, okay? Um, excessive smoking, drinking, um, sexing, gambling, things, mm. doing things in uh, addiction that leads to an addiction, okay? Yes. Um, and experiencing those mood swings, where your highs are extremely highs and your lows are extremely lows. Mm. So just watching off of that, like swinging like that pendulum on the clock from mm -hmm. one extreme to the, to the next, um, uh, watch out for that. Disruptions in social relationships, you know, just cannot seem to have a, a fitting work relationship, social relationship, loving relationship. There's always chaos there. Think about that as an early warning sign. Ruminating thoughts, where your thoughts seem to be just stuck on one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I can't get out of my trauma. I'm just thinking about everything that happened to me, you know, as I grew up, all the abuse that I, that I went through, I can't get my mind out of, out of it. It plays yeah. like a slow film over and over again. I find myself ruminating on those thoughts. And then now, like what you're alluding to, what we talk about in Africa is people being mad or people being crazy. Mm -hmm. When they start to experience visual, olfactory, or auditory hallucinations where they're seeing things, smelling things, feeling things that are not there. Or sometimes even watching the TV or looking at the computer and feeling that those messages are particularly targeted towards them, that it has a meaning. Yeah. Okay? So those are some of the warning wow. signs that increase in paranoia, in delusions, things, believing things that are true, that are not true. You know, that feeling of persecution, somebody's out to get me. These people mm -hmm. are talking about me. 
you know, and there's no, there's no grounding or foundation for that, you know, um, suicidal, homicidal ideations. Those are some early warning signs, inability to remain focused, to complete anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't stay focused long enough to complete any activity. Any, any activity. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is amazing. And I'm happy we're having this conversation because I believe these are factors and triggers that many people experience several times in their lives. So I'm happy. So Adelaide, while you are listening to this, what comes to your mind? Are you able to relate to some of these things, especially when you are dealing with depression? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I've been a victim of depression. I still go through my days. I'm not going to sit here and say that, listen, I've overcome it because it's not something that you just overcome. But it's something you learn to live with. Like I said, if you know where you're heading in life, you'd learn to live with it and you'd use that, um, you know, as an experience to use to build you up to where you're going. So, right. um, you know, I still go through my days and um, I, I think I, I was speaking to a few young women the other day and a lot of questions came up with, oh, so how do you deal with people who slut shame you? Like, you know, they call you, um, let's say, you know, they call you names like a mm-hmm. prostitute, whatever. And listen, if you know who you are, yeah, and you know in your heart that that's not who you are, then that's fine. Okay. Mm. It's their opinion. And their opinion does not define you. And I know that, yes. And I know that they're human beings and they're going to go to bed at night and they're going to think about it. But only great women are called names. Okay. Michelle Obama the other day, she was saying how she's been called names. She's been called a man and so many things. And it did upset her. Because she knows who she is and mm-hmm. where she wants to go and where she's heading, she didn't let these things affect her. So I want every young woman out there who's watching me today um, to understand that don't let this affect you. Because when True. it piles up inside, it leads to depression, it leads to suicidal thoughts, it leads to anxiety, it leads to so many things, bipolar. It got to a point in time I was just so bipolar and I lost so many friends, but they didn't understand mm. me. You know, one minute I want to talk to you, next minute I don't want to talk to you. It's Hmm. not because you have offended me, but it's because I just don't want to talk. I'm going through things within that I can't speak about. Right. You tell a friend today, next minute it's everywhere. So I had to deal with things within. But I want people to understand that people like myself and Tanya. All Okay, so I think we, we lost the feed a bit. We'll definitely bring you back in. But Tanya, so at what stage uh, should one consider talking to a mental health professional? And even before you do that, if you can also tell me some of the problems that you feel the COVID-19 pandemic has actually uh, triggered or worsened the situation with, uh, with mental health. Okay, so mental health, I, I'm a great advocate about getting ahead of the problem. But of course, with all things, even our physical health, we do not go and seek help until there is a problem, right? right. Um, so once you figure out things are a little bit problematic and it's not being resolved by your usual, your your usual routine or your usual support system, for a lot of us, we are um, of African descent, so we have like we have a hierarchy in which we go ahead and we seek counsel, right? We talk to our elders, we may re- relate to our church leaders, and we look for counsel. And if I feel that I'm still seeking all these counsels and the, and, and, the, and the problem is still persisting and I'm not getting any relief, and I know that this is, is, this is a lot deeper than it's not just spiritual warfare. We'll, we'll get into that later too, about how our perspective and religion or our spirituality um, can, be a, can be a crux and it also can be a, 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 a cross to bear when it comes to mental right. health. 
because of the lens in which we look at it and the, the, the awareness we have on what is what we are trained and capable of doing. But nonetheless, with saying this, you asked me, uh, Mr. Beyond, what are some things that have been exacerbated because of COVID-19? Right. Anxiety and depression are definitely one of the higher disorders that have been increasing, um, exacerbated by um, COVID-19. Also trauma and stress-related disorders. A lot of us okay. who have PTSD. Tanya, we're going to take a quick break and we'll definitely come back to continue the conversation. No matter where you live or who you are, each of us can help break the chains of COVID-19 transmission. Here's what you can do to protect yourself and others. Cover your cough and sneeze. Clean your hands frequently and thoroughly, especially before and after putting on a mask and going outside or coming home. Avoid crowded places and mass gatherings. Avoid touching surfaces in public as they might be contaminated by someone with the virus. Socialize at a distance. All right, welcome back to Africa. Let's talk today. We're talking about improving mental wellness and health stability in order to take care of a quick uh, back door issue. All right, so Tanya, definitely we're talking about uh, how this whole pandemic and the issue of, uh, of mental health around the spirit. Yes. Yeah, so like we we're saying before the break, you know, there's an increase in trauma and in trauma and stress related disorders. So if you already have that, you know, pre um, pre existing condition of PTSD, now you're starting to feel re traumatized because certain areas have now become back to life shortage of food, shortage of money, feeling sequestered at home, you know, can't leave being very restricted. So all of these now have started to exacerbate those uh, issues. There's an increase in suicidal ideations. People are feeling hopeless, you know, for those who there, there has been a significant economic strain as a result of this illness, or mm -hmm. people who have lost a significant amount of loved ones or have been really inca uh, incapacitated by this um, pandemic. There's a feeling of hopelessness and suicidal ideations are at the, um, at the rise, okay? Our high risk, high risk groups are our young adults. Oh. So really have to um, pay attention to the youth. What is going on? What are what are their outlets? Um, Adelaide talked a lot about our youth. We um, our young people live on um, on the social media, the World Wide Web, mm -hmm. and you know, and now that they have a captive audience with a lot of with less traffic of leaving the home, mm -hmm. a lot of bullying, a lot of like you could say slut shaming, a lot of uh, um, unfavorable behaviors have escalated. Mm -hmm. You know, and this has really increased that. Like, is this a positive outlet for my stress? Is this a positive outlet, and how can I connect? And then this leads there. There was a, a discussion today. This leads a big discussion today about mm -hmm. the importance of school. That school doesn't just serve as an educational outlet; it's also a social outlet. So, with this uh, transition to distance learning for a lot of the districts, how is that impacting our young adults? How mm -hmm. is that also impacting our children? So, a high rise is also us people of color. Black adults and Hispanic adults. We're already on the lower end for a lot of things as far as disparities are concerned, mm -hmm. pre-COVID. So now add COVID to the, to the, to the situation, it's like a double jeopardy for us. Yeah. Unpaid, unpaid caregivers of the elderly are another high-risk group. It's a lot of stress being a, being a caregiver. And a caregiver to a family member that you're not being paid for is even a double stress, wow. okay? Essential workers. A lot of us, I know I fall in that category. We are considered essential workers. We are also now piled into that high-risk ca category. 
So if you are like some of us who hit that high risk category in so many different ways, um, yeah. you're a black adult, you're an essential worker, you care <laughs> for an elderly. So you see that compounded la uh, layer of, of stress True. and how that impacts your mental health. Yeah. All right. Thank you so very much, uh, Tanya. Uh, Adelaide. Uh, I have a question for Tanya. Okay, um, please. Go ahead. So as a mental health advocate, um, I wanted to ask you that what measures do you think that a youth can take to rid of mental illness? You know, I know that a lot of people do tell them that, okay, go for a run. And But what other things will you suggest, you know, for the youth to um, rid it off or to, you know, suppress it at least? What I do a lot with my young adults that I see in therapy, this is what I consider, because our young adults are, um, they tend to gravitate to the peer type structure. Mm. So I ask them to create a structure of not just you sitting here and receiving therapy for me, but you spreading and sharing that word within your community. So you also become a support. So now we are normalizing this experience. So this is what I would say, normalize the experience. Because although you may not be diagnosed with anxiety or you may not be diagnosed with depression, doesn't mean that you're not going through episodes of things that are very stressful for you. So if I'm sitting there and I'm talking about this and normalizing this, it takes me away from being high risk and this becoming a normal, a normal conversation. So I have someone that I can go to that doesn't have to be my parent, that doesn't have to be my teacher, that is not necessarily uh, seeing Tanya every Tuesday at five or whatever, mm -hmm. but I, can, I, I, have, I have a comfortable space with my peer group who more than likely will be able to relate to my experiences because we experience uh, similar things. So I think very necessary, I'm a proponent, Adelaide and uh, Collins, I'm a big proponent of having necessary co uh, community conversations, not just to be talking to be talking, but to have real conversations that matters. So that's my answer, Adelaide. Another, another, sorry, my, this will be my last question. I just you know, point of view. So what advice would you give to young women who have been in my situation? You know, there's so many, because I've started a charity which will focus on the youth in Ghana who are suffering from mental illnesses. And um, I wanted you to advise um, the youth, especially the females who have been sexually abused, but they can't speak up out of fear that people would say, listen, it was your fault yeah. and you're the one yeah. that called for it. And then, you know, it's probably the clothing that you wore that, you know, resulted yeah. to what happened. What advice do you have for them? Because they're battling with it inside. And, you know, I just want you to, um, you know, ensure them that it's okay to speak <laughs> yeah. up if they need help. Yes. And I'll say, you know, just like what you're saying, Adelaide, it's, it's very important because I, I grew up in that same background. I grew up in Liberia. I was actually just having a very long conversation with a peer yesterday about the increase in rape and, you know, mm. violations against females and stuff that continues to prey on our society. And my, my thing is this, that we have to empower our youth to speak up. Mm. Speak up, say your piece, speak up, name names. Because unless we do this, this cycle, I was a child when that used to happen. Yeah. I am a grown woman and it's still happening. So why is it still being a plague in our society? Because we're not speaking up. Exactly like what you say. We do a lot of blaming the victim. Hey, my sister, why you have to wear that short skirt? <laughs> why were you in that? You know, why were you mm -hmm. in that situation? So we do a lot of, um, of blaming. And if that happens, what happens with the young girls? 
they start to go inward, okay? They do not share, they do not feel comfortable. And then the cycle per, uh, keeps on perpetuating because if I don't feel bold enough to share, this one I'm gonna pass on to those who are coming be, um, um, be, um, below me, right? But if yeah. I stand in my conviction and say, you know what? I don't care if you believe me, but this is what your husband did to me. Mm. You know, <laughs> this is what is happening in this house. Yeah. You know, he Absolutely. has a thing for little girls and I'm sure I'm not the first one. Maybe I'm the first one who's speaking up about it. But trust me, Mama, if you go and check behind your husband, I'm sure there's more. Wow. Mm. You know? Interesting. So, uh, I mean, this this is really, really interesting. Adelaide, thanks so much for actually asking these questions. I want to ask you, Adelaide, in your situations dealing with everything that has happened to you, what were some of the ways, lifestyle changes that you felt you adopted that helped you uh, in dealing with depression and uh, mental health issues? So with me, I had a dream, okay? One of my biggest dreams and goals in life is to become a barrister. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to help people. You know, I'm not doing it for the money or anything, but just to make sure that people are happy and have resolved problems. So um, I think when I studied and I made it into law school, it played a huge role and it, you know, it suppressed my trauma because then I felt like, okay, look, I'm not as useless as society made me feel. You know, mm -hmm. I made it into law school. I'm at one of the best universities. I'm, I'm on the path to becoming a barrister. So all these things made me feel good. So with right. that being said, I think that if with whoever's going through trauma or whatever it is they're going through, they need to focus on the things that make them happy. Engage in activities that make you happy, that make your soul happy. Things you look forward to, sorry, things you look forward to doing, like football, tennis mm -hmm. or socializing with your friends or reading a book or writing whatever it is do that okay. because that's the only yeah. way to get over your trauma that's okay. the only way it's just doing things that you you always dreamt of doing if you want okay. to be a musician whatever chase the dream and you know right. it really helps so Tanya, uh, is there anything you can add to that i mean what are some of the recommended lifestyle changes that you believe people going through some mental health situations and especially experiencing those triggers can now adopt okay so some lifetime um lifestyle changes to uh, adopt is definitely some stress management okay mm -hmm. we know us here in america we hear a lot about self-care mm -hmm. you know taking care of yourself and that is really important when we come to mental health issues how do you take care of yourself taking time out you know, taking time out to relax, um, involving yourself like Adelaide had learned before to exercising. Um, the minimum they say is 30 minutes a day. So even if it's just for you to walk to your car and back, that is fine. Finding things that bring you some type of joy, if it's reading, mm -hmm. if it's writing, if it's talking to a friend. I know a lot of us, um, because of COVID, there's, there has been a, a reduction in social engagement besides work. You know, so even if sometimes it's just FaceTiming somebody, that's fine. And it's very important to spend time by yourself. Yeah. Just to decompress. You don't You don't even sometimes, uh, Collins, you don't have to be engaged in anything. Just try your best to still your mind. And I tell you, that's the biggest challenge of all. Wow. To sit somewhere quietly and try not to think about anything or be engaged mm -hmm. on the phone or listening to music or anything. Just try just to sit there and relax and be one with yourself. You know, sometimes you need to do those exercises to center yourself. Okay. All right. Thank you. I mean, what are we going to do? I think we're going to actually do a series, uh, even if it's once in a month. I would like to have you ladies back to talk about this because we are pressed okay. with time. But before I shall let you go and uh, trying to get to the end of it, 
I mean, around this period of time, uh, people in the minority communities are facing all kinds of problems and even some about homelessness or facing homelessness. Uh, how would you suggest people have to deal with these critical life-threatening uh, life situations? And I think this where we as a community have to really pull together and lend our resources, mm -hmm. okay? And connect our resources because although there's a lack there's also a wealth. I don't know if it makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, just because I know I'm into our community and I know I'm just not into one sector of our community. So I get to see the, I get to see a panoramic view. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get to see there are a lot of um, food kitchens, food drives. I see a lot of help that people are lend lending. I see people sending off information about small business loans. I'm part of the Minority Small Business Women Association. There's lots of resources that they send out there. Um, they send information about rental assistance. And I think for a lot of these things, it's not so much of a lack of resources, but it's a lack of access to the resources. So instead of just sitting on this information, we need to learn how to share and disseminate the information into our community. Because like everything else, we don't know about it if we don't ask. Yes. And uh, with that African pride that we bear, we are not asking people. We know that, right? We're yeah. not asking people. So sometimes we just have to go ahead and get a, get ahead of that issue and provide those resources that we yeah. know are available within our communities. All right. Thank you so very much uh, for this great submission, Tanya. Uh, Adelaide, uh, once we get into the end of the program, I want to know uh, how can families, how can the community help young people like you uh, to deal with the issues of trauma, stress, and mental disorders, especially uh, in young people? I think you're mute. Sorry, you have to listen to them, hear them out, let them express every single thing they've been through in details and um, ask them, you know, how you can help them and give them the chance to tell you ways and means you can help, be of help to mm -hmm. them. And just be, don't be judgmental, you know, don't be judgmental don't make sure your facial expression warms them up then you know don't make them feel like oh my gosh you know oh you know you're in a bad situation or you're a bad girl you're a bad boy just make them feel comfortable you know mm -hmm. to open up to you and speak on how they feel and listen if you're able to do that you know you'd realize that it would open so many you know doors for them because they'll they'll probably perform well academically they'll become better people they would begin to um, help other people in the community because, you know, they got help when they needed it. So I just yeah. think that, you know, um, just be of good help and don't judge them when they open up. Don't judge them when they open up. Thank you so very much, Adelaide, for joining the conversation. Atanya, before I let you go, any concluding remarks, especially on, on the whole, how can we improve mental health uh, in our community, especially the African community? I think, like I said, and I always say that, that we need to start talking about issues that matter. We need to start um, dispelling that stigma around mental health. And I'll be glad to come back um, on with you, Collins, and for us to discuss that about how we can go ahead and dispel that stigma, especially within our communities. But yes, I do agree with Adelaide. You have to make yourself warm. You have to make yourself non-judgmental um, in having these conversations. There are resources within our community. I am a resource. I'm here. Uh, I'm located within Brooklyn Center. Um, now with the world of telemental health, I provide telemental health. You can see me right in the comfort of your phone or your home. Mm -hmm. So uh, you don't have to come to me. I can come to you. So there are resources. Um, let's open it up and let's use it. 
Okay. All right. Thank you so very much indeed. I'm going to share your information so that anybody who wants to keep in touch and talk about some of these things. I mean, I was pretty alarmed when you were talking about the triggers and I noticed that, wow, we are all not safe and we are all in this together. I mean, any of us can be affected and it's important that we seek help when we have to. Adelaide, uh, is there any concluding remarks uh, before I let you go? Absolutely, absolutely. To everyone that's watching, I want you to know that my Facebook DMs are always open to you, free of charge. I will never judge you. Um, I will not charge you either. So I want you to be able to speak to me and I will give you a number that you can contact me on. I'm always ready to help. Um, and let's talk about this and let's find ways and means to help you overcome it. And that's just all I want to say. All right. Thank you so very much. Because I believe you believe that young people like you can actually get help. And I'm happy you are availing yourself as more of an ambassador to making sure that young people can always reach out and talk to you and share their experiences with you. Thank you so much, Adelaide, you. for joining the conversation. All right. To everyone else who joined the conversation, I say a very big thank you for joining the conversation. This is African Let's Talk, and we have been talking about improving mental awareness and housing stability in our communities. And I had the privilege of speaking with Tanya Young, as she is a mental health professional, as well as Adelaide Owusu-Clark, as she is a mental health advocate. And indeed, Adelaide is uh, purposing in her heart and has a vision to reach out to as many young people as possible, especially in deprived communities, to share those issues of mental health and experiences and how we can deal with it. We are all in this together as a community. So let's listen and let's do better. And if you need help, I'm definitely going to put up some resources, including that of Tanya Young. And you can always reach out to her to get the right help you need. My name is Carlos Kofi Opon. You can call me Mr. Beyond. And thanks everyone for joining the conversation until we come again another time with another exciting edition of African Let's Talk. Have a safe evening. A big thank you to the producer of the African uh, Let's Talk production team, Efia, for putting all this together. Thanks to everybody for joining. And a big thank you to the Hennepin County Chip as well for pushing and supporting this program. God bless you. Have a good evening.
Wow, I'm happy to hear this. Uh, definitely, I'll be available. So I think we'll do like a once in a month thing. Yeah. And uh, based on that, we'll would continue to uh, probably shift attention to whatever program we can do. Okay. But yeah, we can start with the once in a month, yes. Um, do, you, do you have a recorded copy? Yes, so I will download and send it to your email. And okay. uh, what, what we can do is to cut portions. Yeah, then I'll send you the link. Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link to your WhatsApp. Sure. All right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're welcome. Bye. Hello, mommy. Sorry, papa. <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, Diamias. 